Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we're going to talk about change, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's a specific, very specific kind of change and a general feeling that uh, I definitely have been feeling over the summer where... So, you know, Mark and I have both been uh, app developers for a very long time. I think it's whatever, 13 years 13 now. 13 years. 13, 12 years. Like it, it, it's, a, it's a very long time depending on how you count it. But either way, a long time. Um, and I feel like for, you know, for a long time I would say that I've been uh, like, you know, it's like because I, I'm like the app store grew up with me um, if, in, in my career, I kind of know it well. I knew it inside and out. And recently, there have been a lot of things that are starting to happen in the App Store that feel um, that there are you know, these larger shifts that are coming. And they're coming in a way that is different than they've historically had sort of come, where the App Store has evolved and developed and changed over the years. And it's typically, you know, it's like Apple responding to pressure or um, it sort of forces within the community, within the, you know, within, within the ecosystem. Um, whereas I feel like we're now we're getting to a place where the app store is starting to change from forces outside of the app store. And in some ways, that's a good thing. In some ways, there are some positive changes that are coming from that. But there's definitely also in the back of my mind, uh, this weird feeling of like, outside people who may not understand the app store may not have my interests, certainly, um, you know, at, at heart, um, are coming in and, and making changes. And not that necessarily I'm saying Apple had my interests at heart um, for the last 13 years, but at least I think our, our interests are closer to each other than potentially lawmakers or lawyers um, whose interests are um, different. And specifically, we're sort of, I'm, I'm making reference vaguely to the settlement that um, was announced last week. That isn't approved yet, so this is always one of those things where it's like this is a preliminary um, sort of outline and the details are a bit unclear, but at a high level there was a uh, couple of developers, or really it's a couple, a, a law firm found some developers to sue Apple um, and has tried to have a class action lawsuit which for Apple's practices within the App Store and Apple has said they've settled with these people and will set up a development fund, a small, small developer assistance fund, I think they called it, um, which is kind of a funny name for this, but you know, they're putting a hundred million dollars into a pot and they're going to develop, uh, give it to developers who made less than a million dollars over the last, last few years to compensate them for Apple's policies within the app store. Um, and they have a few other sort of things that they're going to continue doing. So like the small business program is one of them. They're making a very minor change slash clarification to the anti-steering rules. And they're going to say that uh, App Store Search and the small business program are going to sort of stick around for a while. And it's like when I saw this news, I mean, there was a, there was a whole story that I think is not particularly interesting from our sort of our in our domain about this the way this was spent sort of a PR spin tool and allowed Apple to sort of say that they were conceding things when they weren't actually really but from my perspective I think it is more instructive as I don't really know what this it's, it's interesting what this means for you know it's like myself and you as small it's like it's like small US developers which ostensibly like this is a you know a settlement that is directly targeted at us um, and specifically, it's you know it's U.S. developers, but I think they said there were um, six, sixty-seven thousand U.S. developers who would be covered under the under the class or something along those lines. And it's it's weird. Like I don't. Well, on the one hand, it's like it's 
in some ways, you know, it's like essentially Apple is saying, "Hey, we, you know, we, some of the, some of our policies in the in in the in the past may not have been the best. You know, we're not going to admit to anything, any sort of wrongdoing, but instead, we're just going to you know give you some money and hopefully, you know, we'll all be good going forward." But um, at the same time, it's also kind of like they're just like giving developers money and then you know essentially indemnity. We have, developers have to agree to not sue Apple, um, sort of for I imagine a meaningful amount of time about things related to the app store, which is also a little weird and dubious, but it's like, it's very strange for like the app store policy to be coming, you know, from a legal filing um, rather than, you know, from WWDC or a, you know, through, through, the, through the developer program itself. Frankly, you know, I, I always resist any efforts that, that groups put in to try to classify developers as one block of people or one interest or one group. You know, there is no developer association. There is no union of developers. Like, we're just, we're all independent and we all have different thoughts and feelings on things. And so the whole idea of this being like a lawsuit that represents developers, like, I kind of take offense to that because, like, no one asked me what I thought and no no one speaks for me but me, you know? And and so that's that angle of this kind of rubbing the wrong way. But I think you know the, the larger picture of this. Which again, we don't. I don't think we need to get too too much into the specifics of this because honestly, I don't think this suit matters at all. I don't think the settlement matters at all. I don't think the rule tweak matters at all. <laughs> it, it, Apple's making a big song and dance. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The amount of money Apple is you know putting into this is negligible to them. The developers who who accept the settlement and actually get paid, it's it might be a, a real amount of money to some of us. Probably not most of us. Um, and so I think this is overall a big bunch of nothing, but it does point to, you know, and, and there's, there's other things going on too, like the, you know, the, the news just came out that South Korea passed a law that effectively requires, um, Apple and Google to allow third party payment systems and apps. Um, but that would presumably only apply, you know, either to apps that operate that, that run in South Korea or apps that are run by South Koreans or maybe both or the intersection. I, I don't know. Uh, but I think we're heading towards a world of fragmentation and that, you know, we've, we've enjoyed for, for the app store so far, we've enjoyed a few luxuries that are easy to overlook, but that I think we're going to lose soon. And some of them we already have lost, you know, one such luxury that we've had for a long time is that we can pretty much just submit one app to the store and make it work the same way everywhere. And there weren't that many regional variations of, you know, what apps can and can't do like legally. Um, You know, there there wasn't much that most apps had to worry about. Most apps, unless you were doing certain types of things, most apps could work the same way everywhere, could offer the same features and services to everyone. And whatever minor variations existed with things like even, you know, taxes and stuff, Apple took care of that, you know, for the most part. And so we were able to not have to worry about all these different variations that actually exist in the real world, you know, all over the place. So it, it made it easier for small developers like us, you know, one person shops, two person shops. It made it, it made it easier for small developers to operate without having to worry about a lot of the stuff that really big companies have to worry about when they try to, you know, have something available to the whole world. And in general, uh, I think that time is, is, you know, certainly eroding. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming to an end, um, but that ha- that's eroding. But I, that's also part of a bigger theme that's always kind of bothered me that the App Store started out being really great for independent developers. 
But as time went on, as it got bigger, the world got bigger, Apple got bigger, it started to represent a bigger and bigger part of the economy of the world. Uh, and so and so much important commerce had you know happens through apps now. It's increasingly a place made for big companies. And a lot about the App Store, some of which is Apple's fault, some of which isn't, has seemed to be fairly hostile and exclusionary towards independent developers, whether it's because it just requires a, a lot of like staff to to engage with a certain feature or to maintain a certain type of you know marketing or data analysis or or you know, legal requirements or whatever, or just stuff that just requires money, you know, like, like the the increase of things like paid search placement have being more and more important, um, or you know Apple making deals that only happen to apply to big companies in certain ways. Like there's more and more of that stuff coming to the App Store, and this has been you know a, a multi year transition. But I feel like the, the combination of that, along with what, what seems like you know the dam being about to break with regards to antitrust uh, regulation in various countries or states, um, I think we're we are in for a, a near term future and possibly a far term future where it's increasingly difficult for independent developers and small companies and small budgets to even just keep up with all the stuff that's going on. And, and to possibly be able to handle it all ourselves because the the simplified world that we've mostly been operating in for the last 13 years is you know slowly and then possibly quickly eroding yeah and it's it's like in, in some ways that was inevitable I think it's like that's yeah. just the nature of like the app store is you know a tens of brings in tens of billions of dollars i think each year is sort of the 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 general estimates that i can i can find it's like that is a that is a massive thing and the role and the importance of um smaller developers is just shifting and it is kind of a funny thing like in these lawsuits they 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 have to put in some numbers and so you kind of get a little bit of some some insights where i think they said there were sixty seven thousand uh people developers who would be uh, parts part of the class so essentially which are developers in the u.s who made less than a, a million dollars um in in over the last five years per calendar year um, that sounds low it's like there are 586 companies that do not meet that criteria so there are only 586 companies who made more than a million dollars um in a calendar year for the last whatever it is the last three years as far as i can tell from their numbers um, and I feel like it's it's weird because on on the one hand it's like oh wow there's a lot of developers like as a proportion it's like ninety nine point what is it ninety nine point one percent of developers are eligible for the small business program essentially like basically what's what those numbers seem to indicate um, but at the same time I imagine the five hundred and eighty six developers that do not meet the criteria for the small business program make up the vast majority um, of the interest of the value of the you know the the place where all we sort of the big moves are going and where the big moves are, are are oriented towards because while there may be a number of small developers and you know it's like we just it's we're, we're not the um we're, we're not the show the show is these giant companies this is the you know the the epics and netflix's and amazon and all these other companies for whom you know the apps are part of these multi you know these massive 100 million billion dollar deals and content situations and all the things going on there and we're just sort of <laughs> there in the side and in some ways like when i see this lawsuit or i almost in my mind see it as apple saying it's like look 
we are going to focus on these 586 developers who are probably going to continue suing us and are going to be working with Congress to get laws passed. And, you know, they have a lot more on the line. We're just wanting to settle with the rest of you. We're just going to like close off that front of this war. Here's some money. Hopefully, you know, it's like you feel good about getting some money and we can just sort of mark off that, that, that part of this thing. And, like in some ways, I think that makes sense. And I think Apple has been very shrewd in some ways in the settlement where they I clearly I think they based on as far as I can tell, like they would not have lost this lawsuit um, if it had gone to trial. Very, It seems very unlikely they would have lost. Instead, they're just using it as an opportunity to like close off a, a, a sort, of, sort of a front on this this battle they're fighting and then they can focus um, in another direction. But it's it's weird when you're in that front and where um, it's. You know, it's like the app store is just sort of a slightly different place. And um, I think it's, it's, it's in some ways, mostly I just, it, there, there's a part of me that just emotionally feels weird about that, that the thing that I've, you know, my, my professional career is very tied into the app store and I care a lot about it, but it is increasingly not something that is, you know, sort of oriented around me. Not that it ever was like, you know, indies first, if it's like indies were part of the discussion and were a big if it felt like a big part of the development of the app store. And it's like, now we're kind of more being shifted, you know, sort of even more so into the side. And there's going to be these big shifts that are going to come through and like, who knows what they're going to do. Like, I just don't like the uncertainty of that. I really don't like the fact that there might be, you know, that this law in South Korea, as far as I can tell, doesn't seem to like directly affect me. Um, but who knows when there isn't one that's going to have, you know, come in the EU or, um, in the United States or places where it would have a much more meaningful impact on, on my own business. And it's like, I kind of like that generally speaking in the app store, what I have found is it's like the rate that my business, um, decays to the degree that it does decay is like mirrors the degree to which it rose. So if I have like a crazy spike in sales, it'll kind of come down around the same rate. And if I have a slow, steady buildup of sales, then I can kind of expect to have a slow, uh, decline of scales. And what I really don't like or when there's these abrupt sort of discontinuities in that, because even if when they're just, you know, disrupt when these, they're, they're sometimes when they're positive, it's like, it means that I can brace myself for a big drop on the other side, or, you know, I think about a loss, a law coming into effect, and it's like, who knows what the unintended consequences of those are, and what they might mean for the viability of being, you know, a small developer, where at some point, it's like, do I need to have a lawyer that I have on retainer to handle, handle some kind of compliance thing that's going to, come about as part of these laws and that's going to you know cause a lot of trouble or make raise the bar to entry for being a developer in the first place um such that only large companies are able to you know to be in the app store at all like who knows it's that's kind of a scary thought yeah that to me that kind of thing is is the biggest threat i think because you know like there, there's always been clear assumptions made by apple and by the app store that oh of course everyone out there is going to have a full-time designer and of course, everyone is going to have a full-time marketing head or marketer or whatever those are called. Marketing person, I guess. <laughs> Marketeer. Marketeer, perfect. <laughs> and, and you know, when you're, when you're like a single developer and you don't have these other full-time supporting roles that everything about the app store seems to assume that you have, uh, it, you can kind of feel, you know, unseen or left out or excluded um, or feel like intimidated. Like, like, I guess I can't, you know, make an app because I don't have, you know, this kind of skill or this kind of help or this kind of budget. And so any, anything that, that raises that, that either real or implied or perceived floor of what's the minimum that you need to really have an app in the store and, and compete at all, um, you know, anything that raises that above what one person can reasonably do significantly excludes a lot of people. And, and I hope that 
somebody in Apple ha- has that in their mind of like, let's make sure we don't exclude people as as things get more complicated. But I I don't know how much that weighs in because like these decisions, as you said, like they're they're so big and they involve such big companies and big budgets and big parts of commerce and big governments even, and and it's hard for the interests of the independent developer to to be maintained there. We are brought to you this time by Instabug. This time, I get this this two week period. We're brought to you this fortnight by Instabug. <laughs> Building mobile apps presents many challenges: bugs, crashes, performance issues. These can be a nightmare for developers. What if you could not only detect all of those, but understand the quality of your app from your user's point of view? Instabug's lightweight SDK grabs all the insights you need to build quality apps through comprehensive bug and crash reports, performance monitoring, and real-time user feedback all in one SDK. With Instabug, you can continuously monitor and measure the performance of your app as perceived by your users, engage with your users by letting them report issues and questions right from inside your app, and get all the information you need about bugs, crashes, and any other issues, and fix those issues in record time, all with Instabug's focus on privacy and security. You don't need to worry about the hassle of switching to a new tool. It only takes a minute to integrate Instabug into your app, and it fits right within your existing workflow with support for tools like Jira, Slack, Trello, GitHub, Zendesk, or whatever you use to handle your issues. Join over 25,000 top mobile developers around the world who use Instabug to ship high-quality apps by going to try.instabug.com radar. That's try.instabug.com radar. Our thanks to Instabug for their support of this show and Relay FM. I think something that, that's kind of a, a funny aspect to this, too, is how all of these changes, all these things that people are talking about or like laws that are being proposed or all these directions, um, almost all of them when I see them are things that I don't expect I would particularly avail myself of um, in terms of like having alternative payment processing that you know, I might be in theoretically allowed to do when my users are in South Korea now. Um, that I could have them subscribe through something else. And it's like, I probably wouldn't. Um, it's like Apple has been giving me a pretty good deal. And like, in some ways, that's uh, like, a, I don't know if, if I don't know if that's a, a counter view to a lot of the prevailing feeling. But it's like, overall, I feel like Apple has given me a pretty good deal the last 13 years. And they provided a lot of infrastructure and a lot of tooling and a lot of opportunity that I've you know been able to take advantage of and, and work towards. And so all these things that are changing and it's, uh, sometimes I'm like the small developer is held up as, you know, the reason for this. And, uh, you know, it's like, we're the reason why people are going to have to come in and, um, you know, whip Apple into shape. And it's like, I look at these changes and I'm like, I don't know if those are actually good for me. And I am a small developer the last time I checked. So like, it's kind of a funny place to be. Yeah. It's, like I, I largely wouldn't do like my own in-app purchase system or anything. Like all these, you know, these, um, you know, the, the the new freedoms that we might get, with, you know, if if regulation does go into effect or if Apple changes its policies. Which, by the way, like I don't for a second think that one or two laws in different places would make Apple change the rules for everyone. I think sure, Apple would no. would comply with these laws in the narrowest possible way. And so, yeah, maybe your app would be allowed to use in-app purchase methods other than Apple's in South Korea. Or but but certainly they wouldn't allow you to do that anywhere else, right? Like I, I don't I wouldn't for a second assume that they would give any more than they have to on these fronts. And so you have fragmentation then. You have, you know, different things you can do in different countries and and again, like going back to the beginning, that's terrible. But I'm even worried like it, my my biggest concern is if Apple's you know stubbornness on holding on to the in-app purchase thing causes much more severe regulation that would 
force them to take away other parts of the app store that I think are actually not good to take away. Like one of the biggest areas of this, I am super not into the idea of anything that could create alternative app stores or sideloading. Because that to me, like as a user, sideloading scares the crap out of me because all you need to do to think about, you know, hey, would this be a good idea? Just think about what would Facebook do? And, and you can see it. You, you don't have to use your imagination too much because Facebook has done lots of terrible things through the existing App Store ecosystem. Uh, you know, things like the, the Onava VPN thing, <laughs> like, try, like the, the investigation of possibly using exploits to, to spy on people even more than the App Store allows them to. Like, Facebook does some really creepy stuff, even within the limits that, that Apple places on them now. And if we enter a world of alternative App Stores, Guess what? We're all going to have to put our apps in the Facebook app store. And that terrifies me. I do because like you think Apple's bad. <laughs> you think, you know, paid placement, paid search ads in the app store. You think that's bad. Just wait if there's ever a Facebook. And as soon as alternative app stores are allowed on iOS, I guarantee you we are going to have the Google Play Store on iOS. We're going to have the Amazon App Store with no space in it on iOS. And we're going to have the Facebook App Store. And then we're going to have to put our apps in three or four different app stores. Every single time we've got to keep, you know, keep up with all three or four different app stores, deal with their own rules that will all be slightly different from each other, and pay them to show our apps to their users. Now, you might think, users, well, on iOS, we can just stay in the Apple App Store because that's what most users will have, right? Well... As soon as there's a way to get alternative apps or app stores onto your device outside of Apple's app store, Facebook is going to say, well, you know what? If you want to put Instagram on your phone or the Facebook app on your phone, you're going to have to get it from our store now. We're going to pull it out of the Apple store. And Facebook has enough clout in the world that people will do that. So everybody will have the Facebook app store installed on their phone. Everybody. And that will become, you know, Facebook will use its rules and its its lack of rules and its control and its share of the like ad driven and app app install market to heavily leverage people to use that entirely right like that's going to be that that would be where everyone went to get their apps the apple app store would become like the mac app store it would become like you know the place where some people go sometimes but it's not going to be like where most distribution happens so that's the world that will be created if we get sideloading in a way that enables alternative app stores and that I I do not want that world to occur on iOS. Trust me, you don't want that. I know that's how the Mac works. The Mac is in a different environment in many ways. It's a very different world. You do not want that world on iOS. Trust me. And as a developer, I'm I'm afraid that as Apple has you know they, they're keeping their grip so tight on the in-app purchase rules because they make so much money from them that I'm afraid that heavier regulations will come down in response to Apple's you know inflexibility on that that you know possibly we will be stuck with that kind of world that that occurs you know i don't know i that that concerns me greatly yeah it it feels so yeah as i mean i, I certainly don't want to go down that road either and like i feel like i would yeah it's like, and, and i've over the years i remember you know it's like i've i've in the early days of the app stores, when I was still trying to work out what kind of a business I wanted to be in, I, you know, launched some apps on the Google Play Store and I launched some apps in the Amazon App Store. Um, I even launched some on the Microsoft uh, Windows Phone Store um, way back in the day. And it's like it very quickly dawned on me that it's like I don't want to be in the multi-store lifestyle. Like the multi-store lifestyle is a bad is a bad scene. 
Um, it's complicated. It's, there's too much to keep track of. And it becomes like we were saying, it's like, now I need, I would need to have a person who was dedicated to that, who was going to, you know, Google IO or Facebook F8 or whatever the like events are and understanding what's happening and being aware of the news and what I should be doing. And it's like, it becomes very, very quickly becomes untenable to do this, um, as an indie developer. And so like, I want to have one place that I can focus all my expertise and effort and try and become, you know, it's like an expert in one thing and that feels sustainable and manageable, but becoming an expert in like five things isn't. And it's like all of those things, it very quickly, yeah, it's, it loses a little bit of the sense of, like one of the things that attracted me to the App Store initially is that, and it's, it is certainly one of those things that is not a hundred percent true, but it's like eighty percent true, or sometimes sixty percent true. But who knows? But we're like, there is an, definitely a thread within Apple that cares about good experiences and cares about design and cares about quality. And if you do things the right way, there are people within Apple who seem to care about elevating. Um, that work in a way that um, has made lots of you know small developers who really th- sort of sweat the details be able to have careers. Um, and it's like going into a different world where it is entirely, you know, A-B test, uh, sort of big money driven. And it's all about analytics and it's all about engagement. And it's all of those types of metrics are the things that you start to optimize for. It's like the world becomes a thing that I don't, I just, I just have no interest in. I have no, that, that I get no excitement from that. And anytime I've gone near that, I always just very quickly, it's like, nope, this isn't me. And if, if, if that's where the industry goes and that's where my business has to go, then it's like, well, I might need to be finding a new business or I'll just like make do with, you know, it's like there, are, I'm sure there are some people who, you know, sort of, or it's like your Mac, your Mac app store, uh, examples in some ways a burn and in some ways just like, well, if that's where I found myself, then I guess that's where I'd be. And I would just hope that it would work out. Um, you know, for long enough for, for, for me to make it work. Um, you know, the app store has, has gone through lots of seasons and I would hope I would be able to sort of weather that one. But yeah, it's like, I re- it's just, it just makes me nervous. And I just, I just, I, I have this feeling that, um, I don't like that these changes are coming externally. That's like, I, at, while I, there are lots of problems and there are lots of things that I wish Apple, you know, had just done differently over the years. It's like, overall, I think they've been a reasonable steward of the app store, especially when you understand that it's like Apple first, customer second, developer third kind of thing. Like you, you understand your place in that, you understand what they're trying to accomplish and you can align yourself with that. Like you can make that work. And it's like, overall, it has been all right, but I just, yeah, just, I just, I don't like it. And I'm, I'm less optimistic about the, the future of the app store and about sort of the, you know, the, the, the way that I make my living and the way this business works, um, than I have been certainly in the past as a result. Yeah. But that's, I, I like the way you just put that, that I, you know, there, if the world moves in these more complicated directions, you know, if it continues to move in these more complicated directions, we, we aren't necessarily required to go along with it. You know, in, in many ways, this happened in podcasting. You know, there's podcasting started out being, you know, shows like this mostly. You know? yeah. And then there were a couple of like, you know, public radio produced shows that were like really nice. But, you know, for the most part, it was a lot of stuff like this. And then as podcasting got much, much bigger, it became way more like big companies coming in, big productions, big budgets, big staffs doing big things with, with other big companies and making deals. And the whole world of podcasting has kind of moved in in massive way towards that. But we are still able to do this. We are just no longer like the 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 bulk of what podcasting is, if if we ever were. And that, you know, 
as long as we are able to do this, there might be this massive other world happening off, you know, in this other place, but we aren't required to do what they do. We aren't required to be in it, and its existence doesn't make it impossible for us to also exist. We just aren't as big as it. And, you know, that might happen to apps, too. Like, if, you know, if, if the world goes to this, in this direction where, you know, in, in five years we have five different app stores everyone has to, has to be a part of and everyone's spending $6 per installation, most of which is going to Facebook, like, that sucks, uh, but if we can if we can just still do this and be you know only in the stores we want to be in only in the platforms we want to be on and only spending the money or lack thereof to pay people to install our apps that we want to spend uh, I, I think as long as we can keep doing what we're doing what the giant rest of the world does doesn't necessarily need to preclude us from doing that yeah I think that's a fair point I mean and I think that is honestly that is the part of this that in the end I feel slightly like the best about is that if the app stores go into directions I don't like, and at a certain point it's like I have agency in this, I can just keep doing what I'm doing and hope that there are enough, you know, app, app used app consumers, app users out there who will enjoy what I do, and there don't need to be that many of them for me to make a nice, sustainable living. And who knows what's going on in like the other part of the world? And it's like there might be money to be made there, there might be fame and fortune, like who knows, but if I can make a living and that's what I want to do and that's the industry that I enjoy like being a part of, then it's like as long as that exists and hopefully in all of this it would, you know, survive well enough to allow that, then like that's okay. And I guess we'll just, you know, we might become less relevant, but it's like, oh well, you know, that, that there are worse things. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to talk to you in two weeks. Bye.